Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Hello, friends. Who needs a holiday? No days off. In fact, who wants a holiday? No days off. Thanks so much for joining us. You are trying to have fun, which is highly recommended for you. We're happy that you are choosing us as your companion. We're the ones who got it going on. You're not going to have as much fun without us. Oh, yeah. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We've got a few phone calls lined up. People wanting to react to what happened in Kansas City on Wednesday. Yeah, it just takes the the joy, the excitement, the thrill, the euphoria, the release of energy and all the stress of not just playing football, but watching football and finally surviving to this point. And the Chiefs talking about a dynasty. And I'm sure taking advantage of adult beverages and having a good time as they've earned all year after being so disciplined and doing what needed to be done uh, to repeat as Super Bowl champions. And then this at the end of their parade shoots uh, shooting, excuse me, shots break out and shootings uh, and at least one person dead with others in critical condition. Uh, sounds like right now there are 21 people who are injured and being treated not all of those from gunshots. Um, and so depending upon the reports that you're reading or that you're listening to, some of the accounts differ. But some people were injured just in the chaos of everyone running to try to get away. As that young man, Gabe Wallace, uh, told us, he ran into a barrier as he was trying to escape. So the side of his head was was bloodied. But that was from him trying to get away in just the the general craziness and, and – uh, as you can imagine, the people running all different directions. Um, and then there were nine children that were, I the rep, some of the reports say nine children that were shot, a couple of other children that were in the hospital because they got caught up in the fray uh, and got knocked down or got run over in a way. Um, and so we'll share details as they come in. Right now, some of the details are spotty. 
We just know that there are three people who've been detained, uh, don't have ages, don't have names, don't have genders, don't have anything else. Uh, Just know three people and at least one weapon was recovered. And in part, that is because a couple of parade goers and revelers tackled a man who was attempting to run away. Now, I don't know if they actually got the right guy, but it does sound like from them and from other people who were in the area at the time and were watching, it was even caught on film. You can see where the gun or, well, you can't really see it on the grainy footage, but you can see where something fell out of this guy's pocket. um, And you can see how people were rushing to pick it up. And then others kind of helping these two men who tackled the guy. So right now, Three guys or three people, I don't know if they're all men, three people detained uh, and the authorities are questioning them, though that's essentially it. No IDs yet other than the young people who've chosen to identify themselves. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The story about how Andy Reid comforted a young teen who was frantic looking for his friend and um, had had his face all bloodied up. I just retweeted that, so you can check it out on my Twitter, again, ALAW Radio, or uh, on our Facebook page, too. We'll pass along the details, but now some of you just wanting to talk about it and offer uh, your reaction. I know very often in these situations, it helps for us to talk to people, whether it's family, whether it's friends. I know my husband and I talked about it on Wednesday and just kind of processing what we were reading and, and some of what we were seeing and I, I can't imagine that there are many Americans who don't at least consider these possibilities now when they go into public places. And I'm not saying it should keep you from events or especially sporting events or parties or anything like that. And just the number of people in Las Vegas that uh, we were interacting with, a huge crowd on Radio Row. So we're talking thousands of people that were calling Radio Row their their office every day last week and then the NFL experience and just the crowds at the casinos and I couldn't help but think about the Mandalay Bay shooting that happened uh, years ago during a concert during a country music concert and um, I was on the air that night too even as the numbers were coming in of the fatalities and uh, authorities were trying to sort through exactly what had happened I couldn't help but think about that when I was staying at the Luxor and Mandalay Bay was right out my window. And so it seems like every city, every major city now has a story. Every major city or sport, um, every different walk of life, whether it be school or church or office or entertainment, um, all can tell a story now. No place that you go or very few major cities that you go don't have their own story. And people more and more can relate personally because they were in a situation or they were close to a situation or they know someone who is in that situation where a large gathering turned violent suddenly. We all know that it's more and more prevalent, but even in the sports world, Three championship parades in the last year have been marred by now gunfire. In downtown Denver last year, 
when the Nuggets were celebrating their first NBA title. A shooting injured at least 10 people. And then when the Rangers were celebrating their championship, their World Series, last fall, there was also gunfire that broke out at a parking lot. Sometimes it's a combination of emotions running high, a lot of bodies packed into a small space, alcohol, maybe other substances under the influence, not necessarily people who intend to open fire, but arguments or conflicts and got firearms in these situations and it can turn deadly. I know that every sporting event now has heightened security protocols and regulations and guidelines. Uh, And I know this because I've been to a Super Bowl and I've covered Radio Row for a long time. You can't get on Radio Row without going through metal detectors. And there are signs posted, obviously, about weapons. When it comes to the Super Bowl... And this is the extreme because it's the NFL's crown jewel. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, you have to go through five different levels of security and credential checks. And more than one of them have metal detectors. So your bags are checked more than once. Your person is checked more than once. You know, often, and I don't think it's uniform for every sport and every stadium, But often now, you can't get into a big sporting event at an arena or a stadium with anything other than a small, clear bag. And yes, in almost every case, you have to go through a metal detector. But in a party situation like this, where it's wide open space at Union Station, it's really difficult to monitor or to check every single parade goer or reveler who shows up. Because people are coming from all different directions. Now, in some cases, there can be corrals. There can be an area that's roped off or cordoned off where you can't get in without tickets slash having to go through a gate with metal detectors. I've seen those before. And there were barriers up. But it doesn't mean there aren't people standing all around on the outskirts and the outside. Even if they're not at Union Station, they're pretty darn close. You know, with numbers like this and hundreds of thousands of people, in some estimates, upwards of a million people, they're coming from every direction and descending on this general area. So it's impossible to be able to monitor all of them. But I applaud law enforcement, fire fighters and fire departments, others who jumped in to help. certainly could have been a lot worse. And I know that sounds like, well, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm downplaying what did happen. Only that by law enforcement being on the scene immediately and bystanders jumping in to help, let's hope the damage was mitigated.
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Colton tells me it is three males, so I appreciate you clarifying that. I hadn't read that or seen that. So three males that have been detained by the Kansas City authorities, though at this point they're being questioned. We don't know if they're actual suspects or if any arrests have been made, just that they're being detained and being questioned. There were people who showed up from all over the place to be part of this celebration. There's a man named John O'Connor who was interviewed and his his interview was thrown up on Twitter uh, by Sam McDowell and he was talking about his experience. A ton of gunshots apparently going off and a lot of people scattered in confusion. Um, I got ran into the garage with everybody else and... Um, in the garage, it sounded like they were securing Union Station because there was maybe some return fire from someone else, is what I heard, but I don't know if the police even knew at that point. It was a lot of confusion. Um, they, I thought it was fireworks. It sounded like a ton of very rapid succession, very quick shots, so I, I'd say 15 to 20 in a very short amount of time. That's why I thought it was fire. I didn't really take off the start. A lot of people did, and then it kind of just seemed like you know someone was hurt and people were running more and more. I think it stopped at that point, but... Um, sounds like maybe there was someone else ran into Union Station or someone else shooting from a Union Station is what I heard. So that's his perspective. And gosh, in that moment, it's so hard because you don't know what are you hearing? What is that? And then people start to run or react and there's noise and there's confusion and just general mayhem. Sam McDowell, by the way, is a sports columnist for the Kansas City Star And he is the one who not only was there on the scene interviewing people like John O'Connor, but he also had the interview with Gabe Wallace, the young man that we heard from earlier. So a lot of good reporters doing the work to share uh, the details that they've got as well as get these stories out there. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Dana Brady and her daughter Madison actually made the trip from New Hampshire to be at the Chiefs Parade in Kansas City. And they were interviewed. And this comes from our friend Vahe Gregorian, who covers the Chiefs, had this, this perspective from the mother and daughter. We were getting ready to leave. The rally had just ended. And um, we were walking back towards, I don't know the street, but we were walking back towards where we had come from to look for an Uber when we heard screams and people there was a woman crying and they were running towards us so i just put my arms around my daughter and we pushed through the crowd and we got to the gated area because it was gated off union station and people were helping everybody um, over the gates so we could get inside and then we ran inside and there were people crying because somebody had been shot a shooter and we were standing in there calming down because we were finally indoors when when um, we went into the corridor area uh, where we thought we would be safe when suddenly people started running again and this girl said um, they were firing shots they were firing shots and so we ran in and to a hallway and we found a janitor and the janitor said that to go into this um, uh, area where an elevator is and we shut the doors and sat on the floor and we could hear yelling don't know what that means we could hear yelling and then we heard the elevators after about 15 minutes start to move again and so we fled out again and we went out the side door and there were police everywhere and we 
they saw us and they told us to come over and they put us in an area and they made a shelter in place for a period of time until they checked up above and then they said we can go out and the officers were directing us where to go. That is Dana Brady, along with her daughter, Madison, who are there from New Hampshire. And as I said, we had a man who called the show last night. He was on his way to the parade from, I think it was Colorado Springs. Uh, Vahe Gregorian, I did invite him to come on the show to talk about uh, what he heard and what he saw and what the scene was like and his emotions. And he said he'd be writing late. So if we hear from him, uh, that's great. But I can imagine it's emotionally exhausting uh, coming off of a Super Bowl week in which may, members of the media work round the clock and then to have this happen when you think the hardest of the work is done and you think that your you're maybe uh, difficult journalism job has been put to bed at least for uh, a couple of weeks and then this happens and the emotions of all of it. Um, as I say, many of you now have your own personal stories of either being in a place where a shooting is broken out or uh, having your family, your life affected by someone who went through it. 855-212-4227. We'll get to your phone calls. The TV station that was broadcasting live at the parade is KCTV5 in Kansas City. And I as I say, woke up right as the reports were breaking, the news was breaking on social, and I saw a a post from one anchor who was there on site in which she said uh, she'd never been more afraid in her life. But you'll hear it unfold live as they're on the air, and they're trying to figure out exactly what's happening and why people are running for their lives. Now, they didn't know they were running for their lives at the time, um, but figured it out relatively quickly. But, yeah, unfolding in the moment. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio, and I thought we'd be talking about the championship parade, of course, maybe playing some of the crazier clips like Travis Kelsey getting the whole crowd to scream, you got to fight for your right to party, or Swifties going nuts. Apparently, there were uh, Swifties who made their way to this this championship parade in the hopes they can't have possibly thought that Taylor Swift would be there, but in the hopes that they might catch a glimpse of Taylor's world and the the governor of Missouri and his wife were even there, not to mention mayor. And I read 850 members of law enforcement and upwards of nearly a million people on hand 
for this occasion as the Chiefs are celebrating their third Super Bowl win in five years. Uh, and then this one will never blend in with the others. It'll never be the same. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Uh, we are going to continue to give you some audio as it comes in. Uh, I know Colton is working behind the scenes and did just say that there's finally confirmation. Um, and I'll, I'll look for it just so I can credit it here on social. But there is confirmation that the one person that's being reported dead as a gunshot victim is the DJ that the radio station confirmed passed away. So the, the connection has been made there that she is uh, the woman who passed away via gunshot or by gunshot. Um, and, and there are a bunch of other people who are injured that weren't actually shot, but just in the mayhem. And, and obviously the gunshot victims too. We don't have a lot of other information just at this point, at least 21 injured and the one woman who has passed away, a bunch of children who are in hospitals, they are expected to survive according to the hospital officials. I think it's Children's Mercy there in Kansas City. It's after hours on our Facebook page as well as on Twitter, A-Law Radio, and we'll take your calls, 855-212-4227. Nick is in Sacramento. Nick, welcome to the show. First of all, um, sort of talk about this. Thank you for all your empathy and sympathy towards everything going on. It means a lot to me and then everybody else. And I know that's, Sorry, I can't and, and that's how you are. And uh, I'm just devastated. I work in law enforcement for 20 plus years now. And mm. uh, the reason for my call is, is for those people that try to put their own lives in line. Sorry, my series going off. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the, the people that are um, put their lives on the line that they try to subdue that one person on the ground, uh, that man and woman, in the crowd, all those people there. Uh, I'm so sad for the families and the loved ones and the, the scarring of those young children that are there celebrating. And I pray in God's mercy that, and then now the loss of that, with that awesome DJ you just mentioned, her, you mentioned, and uh, I just, I just want this all to stop. And I pray it does. And I know it's, it's seems like it's never going to, but um, you know, I work in this field all the time and I see a lot of, a lot of things that are, bad but it seems like when we're celebrating on top of the world whatever it is we do whatever we see like the vegas uh, connection with that concert that one time and what you said about going into security in these stadiums mm -hmm. you know amy i've been to a lot of these stadiums lately and they have not i mean i i know the super bowl probably is I, i've never been to super bowl since 1995 but the I, i'm not real impressed with some of the security i've seen out here anyway going to a sharks game and these metal detectors and they just wave you through. Yeah. They put the plastic bags, but you know, I, I just, I'm not here to be critical of what people do and the jobs they do. I'm just being critical about and sad right now. And just want to give my heart to you being able to report and talk about this all night and take our calls and to help us recover. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. I just got off duty now about a half hour ago hmm. and it's been in my mind all day. First of all, it's Valentine's day. Right. You know, these people are trying to be, sickening trying to make a statement with violence i just it, it won't end and you know the anxiety it affects all of us whether you know the victims or don't know the victims or and um what you're doing tonight is the start of a healing process and or the grieving process and and so just know what you and every other journalist is doing all across the country the world that's talking about this or writing on it it's a huge help and just know that's why when I can't, when I got my card and it wasn't playing my music, I had to get to my CBS radio and other things that I do 
to relieve myself on the way home after a long day of work plus this. So um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I'm just, okay. I guess, if you have any questions for me, I'd love to, I'd love to answer your questions. But, but I think security really need to tighten up, even on the games that aren't the meccas of the game, you know, the, the big mecca ones. You know what I mean? The, uh, sure, uh, not like a know. Super Bowl, right. Yeah, because I've been to Kings games here in Sacramento, and we, we had a shooting earlier in the year at a Christian concert right in the front foyer. I mean, right there at 4 in the afternoon. Um, I, I, I guess the excuses I'm always hearing are, you know, it could be related to somebody, somebody knew somebody, somebody got mad at somebody. It's not, it doesn't matter to me. It's, it should matter to all of us. We have to be more concerned about the victims. The, the overall scarring of this, those young children, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's going to be, it's going to be very, very hard. And, um, like that girl in New Hampshire with her mother, when I heard that, I started getting teary eyed. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're flying 2,600 miles to come to your favorite team's parade. You right. Know, apparently it, the mom grew up in Kansas city and wanted her daughter to experience it. And so they went together and, and yeah, that's what happens. Right. And some of the photos of the kids, I mean, there was, I mentioned that there was this flag football game that kiddos were playing and there's this shot on the Kansas city star website of a four-year-old and his seven-year-old brother. And they're just there to celebrate and, and kind of uh, live out some of their possible dreams of, of being Patrick Mahomes someday and and this right. is what happens. So yeah, there's no way that there isn't scar uh, scars from that trauma. Have you mentioned being in Sacramento? First of all, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Have you been in a situation like this where you've had to be on duty and there are large crowds of people, so much so that you're talking about having to monitor for these types of things? Not on duty per se, but I've been in a surrounding area where you have to secure a perimeter. Does that make sense? Where it does. you're still looking for the suspects, there might be some gunfire not right in front of me, but that's even more that that's part of it too. Because like you had to secure an area, you don't know what's going to happen next. You're looking for anything to make sure that you don't want that perimeter to get, you know, the person to get away. But also at the same time, you're trying to protect everybody inside or outside the perimeter. You know what I mean by that? Right, it's right. Um, that's why I got a little amped up. And yeah, I'm sorry, my voice got a little raised. I apologize. But okay. it, it's that that's no not not in a live shooting. I've lost friends in Vegas. I lost a lieutenant in Las Vegas during that it was an Al Dean concert. Yeah, they got the right concert. Right. You know, the one where that guy up in the hotel. At Mandalay so Bay. I've, I've, yeah, Mandalay Bay. I've, yes, I've lost people in the Department of Corrections at that time. And I work for a different agency in the county here. But it's like um, I've lost people to, to, to shootings, to random acts of violence like this. So that's why it affects me. It's like sure. it affects, like I said, it affects us all. It's like when you lose, have a death of a loved one. I mean, it's it just, it's just, you know, I, it, the world is, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm 53 years old. And when I, I get so crippled mentally, physically, emotionally, when these things happen, you know, and I can hear it by your voice and what you said today. And, um, you know, when, when I first turned you on like 15 minutes ago or 25 minutes ago, when I got in the car to come home and I, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, yeah, I've never been involved in one, but the people that are, believe me, I met the gentleman who was involved in that pulse shooting in Orlando. I went to a seminar uh, about two months ago in San Diego to a first responder peer support wellness conference. And it was one of the lead men that went into that, you know, the pulse uh, nightclub in Orlando. Yes, yes. I mean, that there, the carnage and everything. I mean, 
there's never something too little, too big, or in the middle. These 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 things can be just one gun charge, one gun being shot, one fire of a gun, you know, can affect you. Whether it's a rapid fire, it's. I just I wish you know I'm, I'm probably one of the few peace officers. I'm telling you, Amy, that doesn't. I'm not a gun enthusiast, and I'm probably gonna have a lot of cops out there listening and think I'm nuts, but. I don't have a hundred guns in my safe in my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, sir, what do you do when you need to unwind or when you need to have a break from this type of stress and, and pressure and also just the, as you point out, the memories and the, the, everything that comes flooding back, the emotions and the thoughts when another one happens, what do you do when you need a break? You know, the biggest uh, thing we talk about in, in the recovery phase of anything we have to do with uh, our own personal I think anybody in any profession, you have to find an outlet. And, and it can't be a substance. It can't be, you know, taking right. to a drink. It, it has to be actually getting to a gym, working out. It has to be hmm. going for a walk, uh, meditating. Um, tonight, I'm probably going to have to go out and walk my dog and school hmm. out there, and I'm gonna, but I'm going to go out and do a walk or you know, you just can't sit in that same chair every night. You can't get home and sit in that same chair and be angry and stare at the TV. You have to, you have to shut out yourself off media. These last two months, I've been so hooked on watching the news and broadcasts about the world and about wars and all that stuff. And now this pops up, so I have to, you have to find your way to shut yourself off from the uh, that side of the media. But I, I, my sports does help me. Good, like, and I mean good. what I said. I, I'm not just saying I'm talking to you. You and all the people I listen to, Rich Herrera, the other people in the other colleagues or my local show here that I take from Pittsburgh where I grew up in Pennsylvania to Sacramento. I listen to my morning show back there every morning <laughs> to get through it. Um, but sometimes I have to turn it off, too, because no offense. It's, and I understand. Like I said, nothing gets you, you know, nothing gets you talking about it. But, like, um, yeah, so it's, it's more or less your own way of recovery is having to find that niche. You just, but you, the biggest thing is you can't sit in that same chair. Right. And you I got can't, you. Or, or, writing in a journal is really good. If you, I don't know if you ever write, like good. I know you might have to, you know, after a bad week, write sure. into a journal. Um, well, like what you said year. about about your dog, because I feel like there's so many people, including veterans, uh, pe- people who have gone through uh, traumatic events and a PTSD and, and dogs specifically, but pets in general can be those, part yeah. of the healing process. That's amazing. Yeah, we have those animals. I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm so, t- my tongue's so tied talking to you. I, Probably have so much more to tell you, but it's like we have our we have our dogs that are uh, what's the name for them? It's their service dogs, but we have their um, therapy dogs. Yes, and you know, but but if you have your own personal dog, you can be your therapy dog. But right, we have therapy dogs that we bring to these sessions, and they just walk around the room and they walk up to and they sit next. You know, people completely strangers. Oh, or, or if they hear a certain tone, like if they hear people like crying, they actually will come and just sit next to you. That's how amazing these trained these dogs are. If you ever yeah. get a chance, look into that. These service dogs are trained to hear certain tones wow. or people's voices or anxiety, kind of like a horse. If you ever go to a, I went to yes. a equine therapy once. I did, I did equestrian therapy after I lost four loved ones of my own in the last six years. And when you sit there and hold the horse and hold the belly of the horse underneath the belly where their heart is, right? And you feel their heartbeat against, your, well, I'm sorry, their heartbeat there. Your heart against their heart, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, when you're holding them next to them. They can feel the energy from you, and it helps them relax you and vice versa. Equestrian therapy, I, I recommend it. If anybody can do equine therapy, equine, equestrian, same thing. You know, that is a big, huge help. 
Uh, but I also go to therapy too. Therapy, Good. you got to be okay to go to therapy. You have to, you can't say no to therapy. No, it's important. You know? It's important to be able to talk to people. And as you point out, important to, to get away from it and not just sit by yourself and watch or like soak it in. So we're glad. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing your perspective as a member of law enforcement for such a long time. And I really hope that you will go out and walk your dog. No, no, I will. It's a little shit zoo, but I'll probably have to carry it instead of walk it. But, you know, it's not, I, don't have, I, think you, I think I saw your dog. You, you have a dog, right? You I, a do. Dog. I, I do. I was following you on Twitter for the longest time. I remember seeing it. But so, uh, but yeah. Um, well, hug your shit zoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, God bless you and the, and the producer you, behind the glass who took my call. And um, we appreciate anyway, it. I'm, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I really do. Be safe, Nick. Thank and, you so and, much. Hey, listen, God bless all those people that. If one in the past, and all those families that out there can hear me, mm-hmm. there's always somebody there for you. Don't be afraid to talk to a stranger. Pick up a phone. There's always someone out there. There's always an EAP line. There's always something. There's always a wellness Agreed. center you can go to 24-7. Agreed. God bless. Thank you, Nick. We appreciate your phone call. And also his candor, just his willingness to share. As a member of law enforcement, they're trained, obviously. They're trained to deal with these situations, but it doesn't mean they aren't human beings that don't then carry this weight and have it feel heavy on their shoulders and on their hearts as well. So we appreciate Nick. Uh, Just passing along details as we get them. Uh, Colton is doing great. He's looking uh, on social to make sure we've got confirmation. And according to the Kansas City Star, that's where we just found out that, yes, in fact, it was this this DJ who's also a mom who was, uh, wait, Colton, you didn't tell me this. I thought we were talking about the same person, but this tweet from the star says the second victim confirmed dead. Okay. Well, the, I'm sorry, Marco, did you want to weigh in? Cause this is the first I've heard of a second person passing away. Well, they have, we have one confirmed that it's death and we know that the DJ right, unfortunately the, is the mom, right? They the DJ and the mom. And it sounds like she's the second, but they haven't confirmed that, she was the second victim instead of the one that the first we knew victim. that was already deceased. Right. So well, it's a little a, confusing. Okay, that is the part that we were talking about that earlier. We it's didn't have confirmation that it was the same person. And we still don't. Okay. I, I haven't seen it yet. It uh, it seems like they're leaning towards this looks like it's the second death, but I haven't seen it where it's 100%. Okay. Now, I could have missed it, though. No, it's okay. I mean, Colton sent me that, and I thought that's my misunderstanding because we're texting while I'm on the air, but I thought he was saying that this mom was confirmed as the the actual first what, victim. What Marco's saying is right. It's, it's, it's weird. Just, it's just, it's a little muddled. And it's possible, okay. it's unfortunate, it looks, uh, you know, we don't want to speculate, it looks highly likely from what it seems like that she's likely the second victim. Okay. But it seems as though they probably haven't gone through all the proper steps right. to identify the first. Okay. So they're not going to go down that road just yet. Okay. Let's hope that that's not the case. That she's the only one Let's at hope, this point. Let's hope, but... Uh, it's possible that she is the second victim. Okay, so according to friends who spoke to the star, uh, this Lisa Lopez Galvin, who is the mom and the DJ, she reportedly died during surgery. So she had a gunshot wound, but she died at the hospital during surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, She got hit in her abdomen. um, And still the star is not sure. She's the only confirmed death, but they believe there could be someone else who the police are referring to that she would be different because she didn't actually pass away on site. Right. Okay. So we don't know for sure yet, but I guess there is a chance that 
um, that she will be the second victim and not the first. So, again, we'll pass it along as soon as we have it, as the Kansas City Star and other outlets in the area are still working on it. That is the voice of Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lewis, who was there with his wife at the Chiefs Parade and had to shelter, had to take cover, as did the governor of Missouri and his wife. So a lot of dignitaries, a lot of people with titles, not to mention an entire football team and a coaching staff and the Hunt family and the Vince Lombardi trophy and upwards of 900 police officers. And yet still, this is what happens. And as we talked about, there are only so many areas that they can cordon off, only so many areas they can gate. If you were buying tickets or if it's first come, first serve, I'm not sure how it exactly worked there at Union Station. But they do their best to try to... They do their best to try to exercise some crowd control, but it's impossible when you're talking about being in the middle of a city and people are coming from all from all angles and all areas and kind of descending on this one spot. Something else that I saw, which is incredible, try to put yourself in this position. There's a Weston that's right there at Union Station, and there are photos of people who are on the top floors of the Westin. I'm not sure how many stories it was, but it's a, a tall building with a lot of stories, and there are people who got hotel rooms so that they could stay there overnight and watch the parade from above. Could you imagine being on your balcony, because it's a hotel that has a bunch of balconies that overlook Union Station, being on your hotel balcony, and whether or not you can hear the gunshots, you just watch people start running and breaking out in all directions and the chaos that ensues there. Wow. On Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. We've got a brand new video up on YouTube, which I'll talk about at some point. Uh, Producer Jay works really hard on it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't mention it at this point. Um, and then we're going to continue to take your calls, 855 212 4227. That's 855 212 for CBS. Julian is in Michigan. Julian, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, thank uh, you. Yeah, I just want to just want to touch on a couple things. Um, first, like I am from Detroit, not saying like oh whatever, but um, that's kind of like a thing out here. Like we have fireworks, Hudson fireworks. It's like one of the biggest fireworks, uh, you know, I think in the, the country. And every year there's gunshots. Every year there's someone getting hurt. It just doesn't really get national televised. Uh, doesn't really get nationally noticed, I guess. And uh, personally, myself, um, when I was eight years old. My, my father was shot and killed right in front of me, uh, but this was just in the neighborhood out here. And, you know, as a kid, you know, that's something that you'll never forget for one, but uh, for those kids out there today, it doesn't really affect you until you're a father yourself or when you have, like, a sibling or someone of that age because you really don't understand the weight that that has on you until, until you're an adult, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right. I, I really didn't – it didn't really hit me until I had kids of my own. And, um, you know, I think you're doing a great job of covering everything, and – and what it's making me think about, honestly, is uh, we're hosting uh, the draft in a, in a month or two here. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see what they're going to do as far as, you know, security goes for that or, like, how that's going to work. Because it, from what I'm assuming, it's going to be, like, kind of, like, a lot of things going on outside. And I'm not sure how, you know, you know Ford Field or whoever's in charge is going to really deal with it. Because it is, it's been really loose. You know, it's been... You know, out here, it's been new for us out here dealing with playoffs. And we had this watch this watch party for the NFC Championship. And I feel like security was loose because, you know, energy was high. But 
you know, that's a perfect example. I feel like uh, people are most vulnerable when you're going somewhere to celebrate. You would never expect what just happened. True. You know what I mean, so I feel True. like, you know, everyone's giving each other hugs and high fives and not really patting everyone down. So that, that was my perspective on it. You know, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you, sir. You know, I, kinda, I jumped on it. I didn't realize I'd be waiting for so long. So then I was like, all right, I got to make sure I'm on. But, uh, <laughs> you're doing a good job and uh, appreciate you. Thank you, Julian, especially your perspective as someone who went through this and how it can affect you down the road. Yeah, no doubt those kiddos, uh, it's something that's going to stick with them, especially if they're old enough to understand what they saw or what they heard. Uh, So I will say this about the NFL. There are a lot of reasons that people complain about the National Football League. They are meticulous when it comes to security uh, to the point where it can be over the top. The way they set up their radio row convention centers, the way that they mandate some security measures for sanctioned events like games. Now, in this case, this was the Chiefs. The NFL had nothing to do with this event in Kansas City. This would have been run by local officials, and I'm and I'm not blaming them at all. I'm just saying this was not an NFL-sanctioned event, right? The NFL wasn't in charge of security. And as Julian points out, I mean, you're talking about people reveling and being excited and sure there's alcohol flowing. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes talked about how he'd be drinking a couple of, I think he said Michelob lights or something like that. Uh, anyway, it's, it's people who have let their guard down. And for good reason. You're supposed to be having fun. It's the end of a long journey and your favorite players are there and they're accessible and you have an opportunity to wave at them and to celebrate them and to let them know how you feel and how proud you are of them. And you're just not thinking about something like this happening. Again, as human beings, uh, we were there for joy and energy and a thrill and euphoria. And naturally, um, we don't think about hey, who could be coming up on us with a gun? Or or could there be a fight that breaks out? But honestly, the more that this happens, I think the more I am very cognizant when I go into big crowds. I'm always looking for the way out, right? So how, how do I get out when I need to? Or um, can I see what's happening? Can I hear what's happening? Um, and I can imagine anyone who's ever been through it, law enforcement too, that's also how they're thinking. The NFL is very careful about its security, and at the draft will have multiple levels of security, and I'm sure even more so in light of some of these events that have happened at championship parades. They're very careful. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.